Halfway through the season and the playoff picture is finally beginning to take shape. Today we look at who has been the most impressive up to this point and, as always, our weekly recap and predictions. This is Beyond the Blitz. Welcome back, everybody. As always, the Blitz crew back at it. Brandon Wells, Justin Rogers, special guest today, Jacob Hawk. How's it going? Thank you very much for being on the show. It's always a pleasure to have you, buddy. Yeah, of course. So, to begin this segment today, as you heard in the intro, we are looking at the midway season. A lot of stuff has happened up to this point, and we finally have a decent idea of who's shined and who is not. So, we want to give our midpoint season awards. So, the end of every year, certain awards are given to players who truly shine at their specific field. And we're going to give it, if the season we're going to end today, who we think would win the reward or who we think may at the end of the season come up and win the award. So first up is the Offensive Rookie of the Year. And there's been a lot of players that have really shocked me, but mine's kind of shocking. He's not one I don't think would get the award necessarily, but he's someone that deserves it. Not always the person that gets the award deserved it over someone who didn't. And that's Terry McLaurin, receiver out of the Washington Redskins. The Redskins have been a very down team, and I think McLaurin has risen as arguably the best receiver out of the last draft class. He has 500 yards and five touchdowns on the season of a team that is just not doing well with a quarterback they can't seem to figure out with an offensive line that can't block, a defense that can't hold him. And Terry McLaurin has shown up and he has shined for this team. All right, well, we'll go with my offensive rookie of the year, Josh Jacobs. I talked about him coming into the season. In that Raiders scheme that I knew would be run heavy, they started to run the ball a lot, and we've seen when they've won games, it's because Josh Jacobs puts up 100 yards, and he's the bell cow back that they need on this team. He's top 10, I believe, in rushing yards, and he's leading all rookies in rushing yards and touchdowns this year. He's just having a good season, and he's one of the reasons why the Raiders are still in the mix for a wild card. My rookie of the year for offense would go to Kyler Murray. First glance at this, you're like, oh my goodness, he's the over number one overall pick, and underperforming isn't really there for me. I see He's got 2,229 yards, nine touchdowns, four picks. He's got a QBR that's kind of average, which is 55.3, which is 14th in the league. But you got to see that he's gotten three wins on the year. And if I would have told you the Cardinals had three wins on the year coming at the midway point of the season, you probably wouldn't have believed me. And they also have a tie. So it's not like they have an atrocious record, but they've been able to pull wins out because of Kyler. He's been able to run out of the pocket and, and gain yards at the end of a game. And uh, I think winning games is very important to that rookie of the year. And I also think their impact on their team and how well they can do is very important. That's why Kyler Murray, for me, has sealed up this Rookie of the Year deal. I think every one of these rookies has a pretty good chance of winning. I think they're all really good players. And good job to all of them who have competed to the next level. But next up, we're going to go to the other side of the defensive ball. And that's Defensive Rookie of the Year. My, my, my. Last year, we had so many people that were in this conversation. Last year was the draft class for the defense. This year, it's been a little bit quieter. But in my opinion, it has to go to the 49ers man, Nick Bosa. What a season this man is having. As a rookie, seven sacks already at the midpoint of the season. One interception as a defensive end, that's always really impressive. And he has not only played really well, but he is taking over a leadership role in a 49ers defense that has really been just bolstering throughout the whole season and has led them to an undefeated record. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that one. For me, it was between two guys who both have seven sacks on the year, Josh Allen, who is another speed rusher for the Jaguars, who I believe 
has stepped up for that team where they've had holes on that defense. But Nick Bosa has been one of the rocks on that defense, as you were saying, as a leader for that team. And which is very interesting because he is a young player. They've added a lot of pieces on defense, but he is the one player on that defense where as an offense, that's who you're going to be game planning for. And he's been wrecking some teams this year. He's one of the reasons why they're undefeated. And that's a clean sweep there. I've got Nick Bosa as well. Coming into the podcast, I really like Devin Bush. He doesn't have glaring numbers like Nick Bosa does. I definitely have to give it to Nick Bosa right now, but I definitely think there's a potential for Devin Bush to blow up near the second half of the season. So next up, we're going Offensive Player of the Year. And for this one, we're making a rule where you can't pick the same person for Offensive Player of the Year and MVP because that usually kind of typically happens because if we're always honest, quarterbacks don't win the MVP award. They always do. But my Offensive Player of the Year is not a quarterback. In fact, he is the savior of my NFL fantasy team. I got to go my boy Christian McCaffrey. What a year this man is having. Every week getting me more than 40 points in fantasy, single-handedly winning me games. 881 yards on the season, already almost to 1,000, and 10 touchdowns already into double digits. Yeah, I'm also going to go Christian McCaffrey to add to some of your stats. The fact that he has 110 yards per game, and the fact that he's played all of the games, and he is a center of that Panthers offense. And the fact that they transition from having Cam Newton to having Allen as their quarterback, he's one of the reasons why that team got better. The fact that they were forced to form their offense around Christian McCaffrey made that team better. And that's why they have one of the many reasons why, besides that pass rush, that amazing pass rush that they have on the other side of the ball, they have the record that they do because he's a great rush weapon, but he's also a great pass weapon too for them. For my offensive play of the year, it's got to go to Dalvin Cook. And for the reason for that is he leads the NFL in rushing yards. You know, 894. He's averaging what you want at a running back position at 5.1 a carry. So he's attempted 177 times, and he's also had nine touchdowns, just one behind McCaffrey. And both of these guys are consistent. I can just see Dalvin Cook not stopping. I just, I just, I can't picture Dalvin Cook hitting any bump in the road. You know what I'm saying? And the Panthers hit a bump in the road with the 49ers. So I, I just can't see Dalvin Cook ever hitting a bump in the road this season. And if he does, it'll be for 80 yards or 70 yards. So moving on to defensive player of the year. A great year for a lot of defense, not so much for others. And my defensive player is actually coming off a defense that is underperformed. But this player in particular has shined. The NFL sack leader here at the midpoint of the season, Shaquille Barrett, out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ten and a half sacks already halfway through the season. More than halfway to 21 sacks, which is just one short of the record and one interception. He's shining on a defense that is not shining. And he's the reason that Tampa Bay's staying in games because that offense is way too shoddy to overperform on a consistent basis. For my defensive player of the year, I'm going to pick one that's going to shock you guys. One that because he got traded to this team, he's the reason that their defense is a top 10 defense in the NFL. And that's Mika Fitzpatrick. Before he was a Steeler, the Steelers allowed a 131.3 passer rating to quarterbacks. Since he's been there, they've allowed a 74.6 passer rating to quarterbacks. That doesn't just happen. The fact he's had four picks as well, he's been good in the back end for the Steelers. Uh, that defense, who has struggled in the back end for the past four or five years, it's good to see that, good to see the consistency for the Steelers, and it's good to see Fitzpatrick finally play because he didn't get that much playing time for the Dolphins, so he was fired up, motivated, I don't think he'll be the pick at the end of the year, but I definitely think right now he's made the most impact out of any defensive player in the NFL. I can agree with you that he makes a huge impact 
when it just comes to the ego of that defense or the confidence of that defense. But one thing you can't forget is he wasn't a Steeler the entire first half of the year, and he was a part of one of the worst teams in the NFL, and he didn't shine there. And that's why I'm going to go with Shaquille Barrett as well. That man is a baller on a team and then on a defense, like Brandon said, that isn't really doing anything. And if I'm the Denver Broncos, I'm definitely feeling shorthanded right now. You spent five years with me and you didn't give me anywhere close to this production. I mean, his his, his high amount of sacks with the Broncos was five and a half. And he's at ten and a half right now. So Bruce Arians has definitely unleashed a monster. And he would definitely be my defensive player of the year right now. Moving on to everyone's favorite award, MVP, the NFL's most valuable player. And I'm pretty sure we might all have the same answer for this one. Russell Wilson, 2505 yards on the year. Almost to 3,000 already. 22 touchdowns, and here's a shocker. Only one interception. My oh my. Seahawks would be nowhere without this kid. Yeah, he's definitely transitioned the Seahawks team from being a clearly a defensive team to an offensive team. He has led this team to wins. The fact that he's leading almost every single quarterback category besides yards, which Phil Rivers leads in, he is definitely the leader of that team now. I see it both in his stats and both in the way that this team is playing. They're rallying around him, especially when they've had some close losses. I'm going to have to concur with you guys, Russell Wilson. He's definitely the best quarterback in the NFL right now. He's having the highest impact when it comes to any player in the NFL, so he's definitely my most valuable player. Coach of the Year is next up, and my pick is Matt LaFleur from the Green Bay Packers. Leading this team last year, they were 6-9-1. and one. They didn't do too much. They improved that defense a little bit, but this dude has stepped up in his however many years he's been there, and he has led Green Bay to a great record so far this season. Very impressive. He was one of the ones that I was thinking of as a possible Coach of the Year candidate, but right now, I see John Harbaugh of the Baltimore Ravens as the Coach of the Year. The fact that you lose your stability on defense with C.J. Mosley, and then you acquire Marcus Peters from the Rams, and then your defense just gets that much better. The fact that they've won against good teams is also the reason. I mean, they did lose a couple bad games to some, a bad Browns team. They got blown out in that game, but they've won some impressive games as well. Impressive win against the Seahawks and impressive win this past weekend against the Patriots. My coach of the year goes to Kyle Shanahan. And for the reason for that is Matt LaFleur is, is a new coach. This is his first year. And John Harbaugh has done this rodeo many times before. And I love the way Shanahan calls a game. I really do. Um, and I, I understand he doesn't have a good pass with that. But you went from 0-8 to 8-0. Congrats. That is a ridiculous feat to do, especially with Jimmy Garoppolo and his supporting cast. If I asked you for a receiver from the 49ers that you would put in the top 10 in the NFL, you definitely couldn't. I don't see anybody beating Kyle Shanahan out right now for coach of the year. His team's undefeated. No other coach in the NFL has that delight right now. Not even Bill Belichick. And that means you're doing something right. And for Coach Kyle Shanahan, he's improved. Well, in the second half of the season, he's definitely going to improve whether or not he's a coach of the year because that schedule is stacked for them yeah. in the second half of the season. Just wait until Kyle Shanahan starts blowing big leads in the playoffs. Coming up next is the comeback player of the year, and I'm going to have to go with Jimmy Garoppolo being out for a very long time off an injury, coming back. I've all proven all the haters wrong. I didn't have him in my top 20 as a quarterback, and now he's definitely up there. He's playing very well, and his team is undefeated. Yeah, I could definitely see that, but for me, it has to be Dalvin Cook. The fact that he's been injury-prone the last two years, his rookie year was fantastic, and then the last couple years been injury-prone. 
especially for fantasy owners, he's been one guy where everybody stayed away from, went in the 30s for most leagues, and he was a diamond in the rough for most fantasy leagues. And the fact that he's putting up the numbers, he is when he's healthy. He has to be the comeback player of the year for me. Give me to Jimmy Polo, you know, Jimmy G. And you know who's calling plays for him, Justin? Do you know who's calling plays for him? Who's calling plays for Kyle him? Kyle Shanahan. And uh, he's supporting him over there. I hear Brandon supporting Jimmy G, but you got to give some credit to the coach, too. I mean, these two are a pair. They work well together. And Jimmy G came back from an injury, and now he's leading this team perfectly. Like, it is just astounding how well Jimmy Garoppolo is doing. Like you said, he's proved haters wrong. But instead of proving haters wrong, I think he might prove a lot of people wrong and go into these playoffs with a lot of swagger. We all have one more award we would like to give, but it's going to be each of us pick a separate award. My first award is titled, It's Time to Go. This is going to be a player that has overstayed his welcome in the league. There have been a couple players, Andrew Luck, left on his own terms. Atlanta just released kicker Matt Bryant because he's been underperforming. People are getting old out there, and there is a player on this team going to go down as one of the greatest of all time. First ballot Hall of Famer, and that's Adam Vinatieri, kicker with the Colts. He is undoubtedly the greatest kicker of all time. One of the best stats, and this year, he's missed Five field goals and five extra points. Missed a game winner this past weekend. You never see that from Adam Vinatieri. Yeah. Part of that game winner wasn't his fault, though. The laces were faced yeah. towards him. Uh, so my award is going to be the Punters Are People 2 award. Because um, punters, I mean, yes, with the All-Pro, they do get some love. But I want to give some love to this punter, Thomas Morstead, for the New Orleans Saints. Yes, he hasn't had that many punts because the Saints have been good on offense. He's had only... 32 punts this season but the fact that around 60 percent of his punts are inside the 20 he's had zero touchbacks this season zero touchbacks that is amazing the fact that you have shout out to your special teams as well yeah Absolutely. definitely that's 30 plus punts and none of them have gone in the end zone that is helping out your defense and that is just amazing for me to see a punter do that well with a good team field position is a huge part of football my award would go to most disappointing player of the year. I didn't have high expectations like many people did for the Browns, but dear Lord, Baker Mayfield is atrocious this year. Um, he looks like every other bus that's come out of Cleveland, and you can't say he doesn't have weapons around him. You can't. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was the problem last year. Like, oh, just wait till he gets weapons. Mm -hmm. Well, his weapons that he got were full of egos. And then you got Kareem Hunt coming back. That would sound good. Right. But you're two and six. You know what I'm saying? Your, your season hasn't gone your way. You've thrown seven touchdowns compared to 12 interceptions, which is the worst in the league, by the way. Yeah. And then you have a QBR of 40.1. Cringeworthy. 26th in the NFL. And 1,963 yards. you got to get the ball to Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham's got to stop talking and just play football. Yes. Your team has got to perform better overall. Losing Njoku was a big problem for him, and not a lot of people realize what a big safety blanket David Njoku was. But Baker Mayfield, my man, you have been disappointing. Cleveland has absolutely no excuse to be bad this year. They have everything going for them and just nothing going on in the production. Moving on to our next segment. If you listen to our Think Fast, then you already probably know what's coming up, and that is our Week 9 recap. So we're going to go over all the scores of previous games, and we're going to just stop and talk about some of the biggest ones. So, Jacob, take it away for us. What do you got? Well, Week 9 in the NFL... Um, 49ers, Cardinals, closer game than we thought it was going to be. 28-25, Niners, good win for Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. Texans, Jaguars, 26-3 game in London. Gardner Minshew, poor fella, is getting benched for uh, Nick Foles. 
And then you got the Bears and the Eagles, a rematch of that wildcard game, and the Eagles came out again victorious, 22-14, to and sort of like two pigs fighting in the mud. It was not a very fun game to watch. And then you had Chiefs-Vikings. This is one of the games that I'd love to talk about, is Matt Moore is not important in this game at all. And let me explain why. This defense and this offense are loaded. This is the definition of what the Browns tried to do for Baker Mayfield. When you pay a quarter a quarterback money, he's your starter and he's your main man. When you pay a backup quarterback money, that's how you know you have a good general manager. Because you know that injuries happen. Yep. Matt Moore was not even playing in the NFL. And he got signed by the Chiefs. And now he's in there, knows the system, knows Andy Reid, and he's going in there winning football games. That's all he has to do until catch-up man Patrick Mahomes mm -hmm. gets back in there and does his thing. And the Madden curse is real. Colts versus Steelers. I'd love to talk about this one real quick. Jacoby Brissett gets hurt. And we don't, we, do we know his timetable yet? We don't know his timetable yet. I know it's like an ankle sprain, I yeah. believe. Uh, Someone's knee as well, I thought yeah. it was his knee. He's going to go easy on practice this week. Yeah. Um, I thought it was smart to play Hoyer. Once again, this is why you pay your backups. Hoyer did not look razzled at all. Mm -hmm. um, he played well in there. In fact, he set his team up for the victory, and good old Vinatieri and the laces facing him didn't work out well. <sighs> Fitzpatrick and these Steelers, the Steelers defense, and Bush. Yes. Fitzpatrick and Bush are two young stars for that defense that are going to blossom over the next couple of years. Now, let's say Vinatieri made that field goal. Do you think Mason Rudolph could have led the Steelers down the field and possibly kicked a game-winning field goal because Boswell's, I think, 100% on the year. So, do you, what do you think? Boswell, Boswell missed one. He missed one. Though. Yes, you're right. Um, no, and here's why. Okay. You don't have Connor, and Juju Smith-Suster cannot hold on to the ball at the end of the game for the life of him. He's making it a habit, which is not a smart idea. Right. The Colts' defense is no pushover, especially with Darius Leonard lurking in the middle of the field. Do I think it's a possibility with Mason Rudolph? Sure. I don't think you have to get the ball to Juju. Juju can do anything. He should do it all wide receiver in the NFL, but he's got to stop making mistakes. The pick at the beginning of the game and then fumbles at the end of the game. The Ravens game, the Saints game from last year, yeah. and then he also had the pick from the beginning of the game. Right. He's got to play better. He's the number one receiver in the NFL. He's earned that right, but I just don't think he's been playing up to par at the end of games. Uh, one game I do want to talk about, they haven't got enough love this year, Dolphins-Jets. Brian Flores gets his first win, gets a Gatorade shower for 1-7. Yeah. 26-18, Dolphins over top of the Jets. Jets need to find a quarterback. Sam Darnold doesn't belong as a starting quarterback after this. <sighs> Seeing ghosts out there, he's not playing well. The Jets have a lot of problems, but they have more playmakers than the Dolphins, especially with Le'Veon Bell, let alone. They're not using him nowhere near as enough. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell, I think, is outside the top 10 in rushing yards. How is that even possible? Like, yeah, I know he does, might not have the best offensive line. No, it's the line. But... It's the line. 100% it's the line. If you run behind the Steelers' NFL line, like I think after three or four rushes, I would definitely break a couple ribs. Yeah. But I would at least get 25 yards out of that. That, that mm -hmm. line is ridiculously built. Yeah. Um, on to the next game. We have Redskins-Bills. Nothing shocking here. 24-9. Dwayne Haskins' first start. Didn't make a mistake. Didn't throw a pick, but didn't play amazing. Titans-Panthers. Kyle Allen gets the job done. Ryan Tannehill has some very good stats this year since he's gotten to the Titans, but Panthers pick up the W. Raiders-Lions and a thriller, and the Raiders win 31-24. And then you have the Seahawks and Buccaneers, which ended up going into overtime. Jameis Winston, 
I don't know if he's eaten his Wheaties before certain games or if he's <laughs> if he's had some pregame ritual, but he needs to keep it going. Just like for the Rams game, he's got to figure this out. Yeah, because... hanging out with Ryan Fitzpatrick too much. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this man. But I think that Jameis Winston definitely has the tools to be a franchise quarterback, but he's got to connect it all. And Russell Wilson showed us why he's the MVP. Question for the both of you. Has Jameis Winston done enough to prove no, that he can be on this contract. team? He's not under that contract. Do you think right he now. can for the rest of the season? Yes. He okay. has the opportunity. He's shown flashes of greatness for these next eight games. What I think Brian is trying to look at is, can this kid lead this team to a Super Bowl? And if he can't, get him out. Chargers, Packers, the shocker, pun intended, of the weekend. The Chargers went at home, well, technically away, against the Packers, 26-11 to in Stifled that offense. Absolutely stopped the run game. That two-headed monster did not do anything against them. And their touchdown came late in the game, and it was not, it didn't even matter. Right. Also, a question for the both of you. Was this just an off game for the Packers, or did the Chargers just show teams a formula to stop this Packers offense? I think that the Chargers have a good team, and something finally clicked in them and they played at the level we expected of them at the beginning of this season. I think that this Packers team just hit a roadblock. I think they'll be back next week. Same old Packers team, I think. Devontae Adams is coming back from injury. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. I think that the Packers will be okay. Um, I think this win is a staple of what Phillip Rivers wants out of this Chargers team. You could tell how frustrated he was against the Steelers and some other teams. He hates playing at a home stadium where there's no home fans. I would hate it too. It is ridiculous. Phillip Rivers is one of the best quarterbacks to ever play in the NFL. And um, if you disagree with that, it's just because he doesn't have rings. I just think that the Chargers are solid, but they're not going to be in the playoffs this year. Next, we got the Browns and Broncos. Broncos win 24-19. Ravens, Patriots, shocker, 37-20. Ravens win. Cowboys over the Giants, 37-18. And let me go ahead and toss it over to the Hot Takes with Brandon. Go ahead and start us off there, brother. So it's time for Hot Takes. Our hot take conversation today is what coaches are on the hot seat and who do we think is going to be next that's fired. So, Justin, what do you think your uh, hot seat coach of the year right now is? Right now it has to be Dan Quinn for the Falcons. It has to be him. The fact that you're going 1-7, and seven, and at least for me, for all of us, except Jacob here, their expectation was at least to go to the playoffs. And the fact that you have a lot of talent... I don't want to hear it. Hold continue. on. Let me continue. Let me continue. They have the talent to make the playoffs. They have enough talent on that offense and that defense to at least do something to compete for a playoff. And the fact that you are not able to do anything with that, it just speaks volumes to me. The fact that you're 1-7, I think he should be fired in the next couple of weeks. I think that offense is talented, and the fact that you can't do anything with it is shocking to me. I'm going to have to agree with you. I think Dan Quinn is massively underperformed, and I think he is the problem with this team. He's a defensive-minded coach. He's been here five seasons, and their team hasn't had a top-20-ranked defense in a single year he's been there. There was absolutely no excuse for that. The only thing is Atlanta has already came out and said that they are not going to fire him. They're not going to move on from him, which I think is a terrible mistake. But Dan Quinn is definitely, in my opinion, the coach who is most deserving to be fired just because he has not performed while he's been there. Even the Super Bowl year, I don't give him any credit for that. Um, I think you got to give them credit, and that's why teams hold on to them. I think mm-hmm. owners are very loyal to guys who have taken them far, taken them places they've never been before. You saw it in Cincinnati with Marvin Lewis. You see it right now with Dan Quinn. You see it with Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick has a bad year. He's not going to get fired. When has Bill Belichick ever had a bad year? I'm saying if he does, he's not going to get fired. <laughs> that's true. Bill Belichick set a standard. 
Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. You set a standard for a team. And if you go to a Super Bowl and I'm the owner of your NFL team, I'm not going to fire you within the next five years. And that's because I'm a, I just don't like hard decisions. My hot seat is a first-year coach who came in and ripped to pieces an organization that had hope, and that is Adam Gase. He is terrible. Terrible. How, why would you say you don't want your starting running back? Especially when it's Le'Veon Bell. And then you also have to deal with the fact that Adam Gase comes from the Dolphins, and then you play against the Dolphins, they beat you, and your starting quarterback is one of the worst ones in the NFL, and then this is just a cascade of terrible football. Mm-hmm. I, I just I just can't get enough of terrible football if you're a Jets fan. I'm sorry. You and, just can't. And your one win, congratulations, was against the Cowboys. I'm really happy about that one. But I, I just think hot seat, Adam Gase, Dan Quinn, yeah. great options. I'm going to pass it over here to Justin for week 10. Let's just pressure through these. So let's just get through these. All right, so now we got the first game of the week here in week Number 10, we got the Chargers and the Raiders. Who y'all got? Give me the Chargers 31 to 22. Give me the Raiders and a shocking dominant performance 28 to 10. Pun intended? Yes, pun intended. I love that pun, and I think it's fantastic. This is going to be a close game. These are two teams that are right on the brink of possibly. Divisional matchup. Divisional matchup. Divisional matchup. And possibly wild card for both of these. I think the Chargers are on a roll. They just beat the Packers. I think Philip Rivers is going to. Have a game, and he leads the NFL in yards. I think he's going to do it again. And Keenan Allen's going to have a game. Chargers win this game. All right, so next we got the Lions and the Bears. Who y'all got? Lions, Tigers, and Bears. Oh, my, both of these teams are trash. I don't see the Lions performing well. I don't see the Bears performing well against one another. I thought the Lions were legit earlier this season, and I made that mistake. The Lions can get you real close, but they can't finish football games. And this Bears defense can't play both sides of the ball. Mitchell Trubisky has got to do something. Give me the Lions and a three-point favorite. Yeah, I mean, I've got to agree with you on a lot of the points you made. I think both of these teams have massively underperformed their expectations this season, especially the Bears, who are my preseason Super Bowl predictions, which is just, wow. Mitchell Trubisky, I knew he wasn't great, but I didn't know he was that bad. But I still like this Bears defense. I still think that they have the persona to be a top three defense in this league. I think they're going to show it a little bit here, even though Matthew Stafford is playing good ball. And he understands how the Bears defense works. So it's going to be a really close game. Give me um, a 17-14 to game that goes into overtime. Who's winning? The Bears. I think with the Bears, this is one of those rare instances where you have a really good defense, but your offense is the reason that you're losing games. Usually, if you have a pretty good defense, then you'll edge out games, but this offense is bad to the point to where your defense is playing well, but you're still losing games. It is shocking to me that they are losing games the way they are because of their offense. I think Matthew Stafford is going to have a pretty good game. He's been looking good this season. I think the Lions are going to get the win. Uh, Let's go. Ravens coming off the upset of the Patriots and then the Bengals win the season. Who y'all got? Coming off an upset, they're going to get upset. A.J. Green's back. This team is fierce. This team is young. Ryan Finley gets the start. I know this is a really bold, bold, bold prediction, but I'm telling you, when Paul Brown, A.J. Green, a monster comes out of him when he plays the Ravens. If you look at his stats, that man has nine touchdowns against the Ravens. I gotta say, Ryan Finley, find some targets, find some favorites. Um... Bengals by two. Absolutely not. No way. The Ravens just beat the Patriots. The Bengals are 
arguably the worst team in the lead right now. They're not going to finish on 116, but this is not going to be where they pick up their first win. In Baltimore, absolutely not. They it's in Paul Ravens. Brown. It's in Paul Brown. It is in Cincinnati? Yeah. Oh, my bad. Even so, no. And they you, you got to look back at the year. previous matchup. The Bengals were one of the only teams to keep the Ravens at under 30 points. And that is an accomplishment against this offense. It is a divisional game, but the Bengals just do not have the pieces to even slow down the Ravens. I don't think that they have the coaching to understand Lamar Jackson. Give me the Ravens 42-17 to in a blowout. I think this game, first three quarters will be close. Ravens will pull away in the fourth. Uh, this is not a game that you want to go into against this defense if you're Ryan Finley. This is his first start, correct? Yes. His first start of his career, not the defense you want to go against. I think with A.J. Green, he's going against Marcus Peters. So this will be a little bit of a tough matchup for him, but I think he'll do well. Also, I think Boyd will get open. Boyd's going to get a lot of targets. Don't forget Alden Tate out there and either. All, and Alden Tate. One thing I can see is... AJ Green ripping the can off of this defense. Okay, we he, could see that, but I'm gonna get have to give the Ravens. The yeah, of course, of course. All right, so now we got the Bills and the Browns. What do y'all think? Give me the Bills by seven. Baker Mayfield throws two interceptions. Actually, no, give me three against this Bills defense. This Bills defense is the number one pass defense in the NFL. Good luck, Baker Mayfield. You are disappointing me, and you're going to continue doing that. The way I see it with the Bills is, if your offense can put up more than three touchdowns, you win the game. The Browns don't have the offense to get that three-touchdown mark because the Bills don't have an offense, but my oh my, do they have a defense. Mm -hmm. And the Bills are going to shut down Baker Mayfield and that Cleveland offense, and they're going to get the dub 17-10. to This Browns defense could keep them in this game. Miles Garrett is second in the league in sacks with 10. So he could come after Josh Allen in this game, but the Bills are going to have to come out with this win, with this one with their defense. Again, like both of you said, dominating Bills get the win. All right, let's go Panthers-Packers, which could be a game. This has to be a bounce-back game for the Packers, and the Panthers need to keep their wild-card hopes alive with this game. What do y'all think? I still think the Panthers are one of the luckiest teams in the NFL right now. I think that the Packers are angry after losing a tough one last week. They're going to come back hot. They're not going to be exposed. They're going to come back and win 31-25. to um, I have a little bit more of a brash look at this. Packers are going to whip up on this Panthers team. This defense for the Panthers is very solid, but I don't see it like the Chargers stifling Aaron Rodgers. I see them being mad. I see the Panthers as one of the luckiest teams in the NFL. Kyle Allen really just fell in their lap, and they've won some games in some pretty cheap ways. Mm -hmm. um, and you saw what happened, right? When they played the 49ers, things didn't go too well. Yeah. Nope. This Packers defense with Zadarius Smith is scary. Good yes. luck, 31-10 Packers. I think this will be a blowout, like you guys have been saying. Aaron Jones is going to run over this defense. Yep. Aaron Jones has been having a fantastic season. One of the guys we did. Don't forget Williams. Don't forget Williams. Don't, won't forget Williams. I mean, the fact that you have a two-headed monster in that backfield has changed the way that people see this Packers offense. Give me the win for the Packers. Now we got the Saints, 7-1, and one, playing the 1-7 disappointing Falcons. Who y'all got? Give me the Saints and just an ugly, brutal fest, 42-13. to 13. In this game... And the Saints are having a good season. I'm going to have to give them the win. Drew Brees is going to go all over this defense. But I will say I think this offense for the Falcons is going to have a decent game for about the first half, maybe the third quarter as well. But Saints get the win. Give me 42-35 Saints. All right, so now a battle of the two New York teams in the Meadowlands. We got the Giants and the Jets. Who y'all got? The Jets just, I mean, come on. No, they just lost to the Dolphins. The Giants, their defense is going to walk all over them. Give me the Giants. 28 to 3. 
Saquon goes off, 21 to 10, Giants. Yeah, Saquon needs a comeback game, and this is going to be the game. And that defense is going to look good, even though they're not the best defense, but you're playing Sam Darnold. So Giants are going to get this win. All right, now we got the Cardinals playing the Buccaneers. Buccaneers, a loss, but coming off a good game. How will Jameis Winston play against this team, and how will Kyler Murray play? What do you guys think? Jameis uh, Winston plays good, plays bad, plays good, plays bad. He just played good. It's about time for him to play bad. Give me the Cardinals 24-10. Kyler Murray makes this one a show at the end, but Jameis Winston shows to you why he wants this contract in the second half of the year. You see it all over the NFL. Players want that contract. Bud Dupree, I had never said his name until his contract year. This year, he's playing out of his mind. Certain players want the money, and Jameis Winston, this isn't crab legs. He wants the money, okay? He wants the money. He's going to beat the Cardinals 31-21. to I think this game, whether the Buccaneers lose or not, they're going to put up points. They're not going to put up 10 points in this game. They haven't put up 10-point marks. They haven't. No, they haven't. We've seen Mike Evans and Chris Godwin put up 100 yards and at least a couple of touchdowns, either one of them, every single week of this year. They're going to do it again, and I think they're going to beat the Cardinals in this game. All right, now we got the Chiefs coming off a fantastic win against the Vikings, playing the Titans, who have been up and down this year. What do you guys think? This is in Tennessee. Tannehill is going to show you why he was drafted and beat the Chiefs. And if I told you Jacoby Brissett would beat the Chiefs, you would have just laughed like Brandon did. But then but you would look did. like a fool. It's going to happen again, and Tannehill is going to beat this Chiefs team. This Titans team is way too inconsistent to keep and, up with the and, hot Chiefs. And then the Titans will win by three. That's my prediction. That's the that's my prediction. I just can't see Tannehill losing this football game. Okay. Well, I think that the Chiefs are getting back some key components. Mahomes is still questionable. He could come back. If Mahomes plays, this is a, this is a wash. This is the Chiefs. Absolutely, but still, nonetheless, this Chiefs offense has a lot of targets. That defense is improving, and I think that. Tannehill is a good quarterback. I think he throws at least one pick, and they just can't get the time of possession advantage. I don't think that they can hold the ball long enough to keep themselves into this game. Give me the Chiefs 31-22. to Yeah, I think the Chiefs are going to win this game, but it won't be because of mistakes by Tannehill. I think that Chiefs offense is going to win in the game, but it's going to be a closer game than people think. I think it's going to be a, at least a touchdown or a three-point margin uh, in this game, but the Chiefs are going to get the win. Now we got the Dolphins coming off their first win, and... Going against the Colts, who came off a loss against the Steelers. What do y'all think? You tried the, to make that game sound a lot better than it's really going to be. <laughs> Give me the Colts 35-10. to 10. Give me the Colts 28-21. Yeah, I mean, this all depends if Brissett plays or not. So if Brissett plays, it's going to be wider margin than people think. If he doesn't, it's going to be closer. Fitzpatrick's going to put on another show first couple quarters, but Colts are going to get this win. One thing they don't notice is that ever since Fitzpatrick came into that Redskins game, this Dolphins team has a different energy. Mm -hmm. They will score points, okay? And whether or not you want to agree with that is not a problem with me, but Fitzpatrick is Fitzmagic, and you don't bet against Fitzmagic scoring at least 14 points. He will score points. I won't bet against Fitzmagic, but I will definitely bet against Fitztragic, and I think that's what we're going to see. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. We'll see. Josh we'll Rosen see. who? Yeah. What's going to happen with him after this offseason? Trade him. Uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. He's a backup quarterback. He's a decent backup option. So how about a game against two teams who have been – up and down, a little bit down towards the beginning of the year, but then up, Rams-Steelers. What do y'all think? I hate to bet against the Steelers right now with Fitzpatrick in the secondary, but I'm telling you, Gurley is a ticking time bomb. And then you also have Goff, who played very well. Lordy Lord. Give me the Rams by one. A field goal, 
the Steelers don't get to escape this time. The kicker is going to make the field goal. Okay. I think this Greg the leg. I think this will definitely be a close game. I think that the Steelers are showing signs of life, and I think that they are showing signs of competition. They may be there in the postseason. They may not. We'll see exactly how the rest of the season unfolds. But I don't see this Rams team not making the playoffs. I think that this team has too much talent to keep falling flat like they have been. I think they're going to pick up. They're going to find their groove again. And I think that this Rams team is going to start going off. And I see them winning this game by, I can agree, one, three points, less than a touchdown like that. It's going to be a close game. And I'm telling you, Juju has not faced a monster like Jalen Ramsey. Good luck. That's one of the keys to this game. Will receivers get open for the Steelers? I don't think so. Deontay Johnson will have a game. Uh, Deontay Johnson. Also, last week, James Washington had a game. Yeah. So I And he's getting that connection with Mason Rudolph again. It all depends if James Conner comes back. I think that will also have They think that his, his, his injury could be a bigger picture injury right okay. now. So it's it's up on his shoulder and it's... Well, then Jalen Samuels is going to have a bigger role in this offense than yep. people think. Honestly, it's at home for the Steelers. It's going to be a close game like both of you said. I'm going to give it to the Steelers this week. I'm going to see the upset for them. All right, so now going on to the next game, Cowboys-Vikings. Um, This is your 8-20 game. This isn't really interesting to me. Stop putting the Cowboys in prime time just because they're the number one selling team in the NFL. I'm tired of watching Dak Prescott throw a football, okay? He's a good quarterback. Whether or not you want to say that is up to you. He's a good quarterback. Is he great? No. Can he win you a championship by himself? No. He needs Zeke. He needs Cooper. Kirk Cousins has been solid. And he just lost the football game against the Chiefs team that is, once again, solid. I think Kirk Cousins goes into that dome and beats the Cowboys. I love the way you put that, Jacob. I don't think I could have said it better myself. I think the Vikings are a much better team than the record has shown, and the record has shown that they are a decent team. I think the Cowboys are a worse team than the record shows, and their record isn't that impressive. I think that the NFC East is a terrible division. But give me the Vikings and... A not very close game, 42-28. to Record-wise, this looks like it could be the game of the week, but it won't be. The Vikings are going to show the Cowboys who they really are. Vikings with the win. And then one game I'm extremely excited about. I have to take over right now. I have to. Because I'm getting all giddy, okay? Seahawks and 49ers. Kyle Shanahan, bless your heart, you are going to lose this football game. Russell Wilson is going to tiptoe all over you and... He's going to get it to receiver at the receiver. And DK Metcalf is ridiculous. He's proven to be a big-time receiver in the NFL, mm-hmm. and he has a strong body. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I forget Josh Gordon? Okay, he's going to be in a Seahawks uniform. If I'm a 49ers cornerback, Richard Sherman, some of these other guys back there, like I said, this is going to be a rough outing for you. And if Josh Gordon or DK Metcalf can run away while Russell Wilson is running around outside the pocket, this is going to be a bigger win for the Seahawks than many people think it is. 31-24 to 24 Seahawks. Here's the thing with Josh Gordon, though. I'm pretty sure he's still hurt, so I don't know if he'll play in this game or... They decide... You know, I think he's questionable. He's questionable? If, they, I, if I he plays. If he plays. Yeah, but he's new to the system. I don't think he'll play in this game, but I will say this is the game of the week, and I think this is a prove-it game. This is the first prove-it game for the 49ers this season. We said that they've played a up-and-down, lucky Panthers team who we thought that'd be a close game, but it wasn't. 49ers playing a good Seahawks team. Russell Wilson having an MVP caliber season, and we talked about how Garoppolo is going to be the comeback player of the year. He very well could be, but he will not look like it against the Seahawks Monday night. Seahawks get the win. I don't know. This is a tough one for me. 
The 49ers have to play the Seahawks twice. I do not see the 49ers losing twice to the same team in the same season. This game is in San Francisco. I think that the 49ers will lose when they go to Seattle, but I don't see them losing to Seattle twice because both of these teams will be in the postseason. I got to go with the 49ers. They went at home. They keep going. I think this team will end up 13-3, and and I can see San Fran walking off with a very thrilling game, but I think the 49ers are going to walk off with a very close and crazy victory. But here's the thing. Even if the 49ers lose this game, we've seen the Seahawks lose at home. It's not a guarantee that they're going to win at home when they play San Francisco the second time. That's true. That's true. But I think that they're going to split this, and I don't think that this is the game that Seattle is prepared to win. One thing people don't understand about the NFC West is it doesn't matter how good or bad any of the teams are. They still split games. Like, the good Seahawks mm -hmm. always lost to the Rams. Absolutely. Yeah. The Legion of Boom always lost to they the Rams. Did. And they always had their number. Mm -hmm. Last year, the Seahawks lost to the 49ers. And the 49ers were Nick Mullins, if yeah. you remember who that is. Mm. I definitely think that the Seahawks can pull this out and shock people. Unless Kittle does something amazing, I, I, just, I just can't see the 49ers winning. But... They're undefeated, so who am I to who am who am I to judge? You know what I'm saying? Yep, it's true. All right, so we got to move on now because we're running out of time, but we got to always have to fit it in somewhere in our big podcast because it's time for way too early predictions. So we're running really low on time today, so we can't do the whole shindig where we go through every single division. We can't do a tournament bracket, all that glamorous jewelry type stuff. But what we are gonna do, Super Bowl predictions. Straight up. Straight up Super Bowl predictions. NFC Championship game, AFC Championship game, winner or loser, who wins the Super Bowl, who doesn't? Well, I'm going to skip the championship games. I'm going to say something I've said on this podcast every single time I've been on it. Give me the Saints over the Chiefs. Okay? Both of these teams are good. Anything we've said about them this entire podcast hasn't been negative at all. Matt Moore won a football game. That I never thought I'd say that sentence this year. And... Patrick Mahomes is young and good and strong, and he will get over the hump of playing the Patriots, and he will beat them in the playoffs, and he will lose to Drew Brees as Drew Brees retires. Yeah, I think the Saints team is too good to not say they're going to be in the Super Bowl. I just I feel dirty saying that they won't be, because even without Drew Brees, they were winning football games by a very good margin, because this team has depth everywhere, targets everywhere, strength, fierceness everywhere. i got to have the Saints in the Super Bowl. However, in the AFC side... It's a little bit more complicated for me because I think that the Chiefs, I want to put them there. I really do. But I don't think with a level head I can say that they will. I think next year might be their year. But I think that they're still working out a couple of kinks. I think that Mahomes is being affected by a Madden curse. So I just don't see the Chiefs going all the way to the Super Bowl this year. And this Patriots defense is good. You can never bet against the Patriots, especially when they finally have a defense. And Tom Brady in the playoffs is a whole new monster. Give me the Patriots over the Saints. Tom Brady retires, as you said with Drew Brees. Give me, actually, you know what? Both quarterbacks retire in a glamorous Super Bowl outing and a very high-scoring, great Super Bowl matchup. Patriots over Saints. Even if Tom Brady goes to the Super Bowl and possibly wins it, he's not going to retire. It's not going to happen. I think the Patriots are going to make the Super Bowl, but not as a division winner. Bills are going to win this division. That's been my hot take all season long. The Bills are going to win the AFC East. With the schedule the Patriots have for the second half of the season, it is a lot more difficult than the Bills for the second half of the season. Bills are going to pull this out by a game. They're going to beat the Patriots the second time they play them in New England, I believe. But the Patriots, the they're going to make the playoffs. The Bills have to play the Patriots. The Bills almost lost to the Bengals and the Dolphins, who are in dumpster fires right now. The Bills put up a game against anybody, and it's close against anybody. 
put them up against a good team and a good offense, you will see that this team is not legit. They're not a division winner. Buffalo has the bear problem right now where they have a great defense but a non-existent offense, and Bills can't win high-scoring games. And Josh Allen isn't running the football like he was last year, and that's another problem. But anyway, moving on to predictions, I'm going to go with Brandon. Saints are going to play the Patriots. Patriots are going to be the Patriots that we usually see in the playoffs, but Drew Brees going to get the Super Bowl, MVP the Super Bowl, retire, good on the Saints. All love, no shade. I've had this prediction since the beginning of the year on this podcast. If this happens, they owe me pizza or something, okay? I mean, what were what were your guys' prediction at the beginning of the year? Oh, let's not talk about yeah, that. Yeah, let's not talk we about that. We are very ashamed. If you're curious, go back and listen, but I'm not going to... I believe it was that. the Falcons? I mean, we again we don't talk about that. Oh, okay. Okay. There's, okay. There the is Falcons su- and the Bears. There is such thing as mercy and grace for us. We picked the wrong team. Uh, we see that right now. Falcons are one and seven. Uh, let's just move on to the end of this we, podcast. We all have please. good arguments back then. It makes sense, but not everything always didn't works make out like sense until the ball was snapped. Yeah, that's very mm-hmm. true. You never know what uh, what's going to happen with opening kickoff. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to us. That's all we have for you today as we've gone a little bit over schedule. So, so please, join us next week where we'll have a think fast coming for you as we usually do. Quick nine-minute little run-through of exactly what happened and what's going to happen. As always, my name is Brandon Wells. And I'm Justin Rogers. And I'm Jacob Hawk. And thank you very much for spending this time with us. Until next time, good night.